It's time for Tiger Talk on Double K Country, which is our weekly discussion of Nevada Tiger Athletics. Tiger Talk is brought to you by Compass Health Network, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, First National Bank, Max Motors, Sutherland's Home Base, Smith Insurance, 54 Feed and Seed, Buzz's Barbecue, Ferry Funeral Home, Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, Nevada Chiropractic Clinic, R&R Equipment, Nevada Family Dentistry, The Plumbing Shop, and Briggs Auto. Now let's join the voice of the Nevada Tigers, Mike Harbett, for Tiger Talk. Hey, welcome everybody to Tiger Talk tonight here on KNDM and KNMO. I'm the voice of the Tigers, Mike Harbin. Thanks for joining us again for our weekly program and the final program for this winter sports season here tonight. As we'll be talking basketball only for this evening, we'll be joined by Nevada Tiger Head Basketball Coach Sean Gray a little bit later on in the program. In the first segment, we'll be joined by Lady Tiger Head Basketball Coach Blake Howard. Of course, both Nevada basketball programs getting ready for postseason play next week. They both have number one seeds at the Class 4 District 13 Tournament being played at Pleasant Hill. So as a result, they both get first-round buys and will not be playing until the middle of next week. So we'll talk about all that with the uh, two head coaches. We'll also, of course, be reviewing the regular season. Because of the state wrestling tournament getting underway today in Columbia, There'll be no wrestling segment on tonight's program. Uh, so because the coaches are obviously in Columbia, we're in the middle of the uh, state wrestling tournament. So it's basketball only on tonight's program. Appreciate you joining us. When we come back, we'll get things started with Nevada Lady Tiger basketball coach Blake Howarth after this first time out on Tiger Talk. Dr. Jason Meisenheimer at Nevada Chiropractic Clinic wants all adults to know that if you suffer from pain and are over the age of 21, he's an adult Medicare provider and can help you relieve that pain you've been living with. Plus, take a moment and talk with Dr. Meisenheimer about the different services he provides to help you reach your goal of living a comfortable, pain-free life. Come by and visit with his staff and himself, Dr. Jason Meisenheimer and Nevada Chiropractic Clinic at 1229 East Austin or give them a call 417-667-3699. Basic health conditions when caught early can be easily treated in most cases. Compass Health Network believes in caring for the whole person, mind and body. If you don't have a primary care physician or dentist, please call today for an appointment to establish care. Or if you're experiencing stress, depression, or anxiety, our licensed therapists and counselors are here for you too. Let Compass Health Network keep you on the path to living your best life. Call today for an appointment or visit compasshealthnetwork.org for more information. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse is more than just barbecue. They offer a 60-person banquet room and can cater your next event. They have a full menu in-house and can customize limited menus catered specifically to your needs. So schedule your next event at Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse or just come by and have a great meal. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse, which is a Nevada Tiger's good luck. Buzz's Barbecue and Steakhouse at 2500 East Austin in Nevada. Call 667-4227. That's 667-4BBQ. Bad Boy Tractors are born from the legendary Bad Boy mowers from 20 to 35 horsepower, subcompact to mid-size. Bad Boy combines power, performance, comfort, and as always, build strength to deliver the workhorse dependability you need to get the job done and done right. Homeowner, landscaper, or rancher, there's a Bad Boy Tractor for you too. Work with an attitude. See the new Bad Boy Tractors at R&R Equipment in Nevada, Missouri and Fort Scott and Greeley, Kansas. Work with an attitude. Hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight here on KNDM and KNMO on this Wednesday night, our final Nevada Tiger Talk program of the winter sports season. So we appreciate you joining us. We'll be back uh, towards the end of August before football season ramps up. 
But for the final time, at least on this program, we're going to talk basketball tonight. Again, we'll be basketball only tonight since the state wrestling tournament is going on as we speak. Uh, the Nevada Tigers on the boys' side are just getting underway in their Class 2 state wrestling tournament. First round action that was scheduled to begin at 6 o'clock at Mizzou Arena tonight. The girls practiced uh, earlier, or actually, I'm sorry, competed earlier this afternoon in Class 1, but we're recording this uh, before those results are in. So we'll have that for you on our website along with our sportscast tomorrow morning. But at any rate, right now we talk Lady Tiger basketball. The head coach Blake Howarth. Lady Tigers in a bit of a hiatus at the moment. Finished up the regular season last Friday with the game against El Dorado Springs and uh, now waiting for their first district game, which will be a week from tomorrow against either Harrisonville or Center in Class 4, District 13. So ended up with almost two weeks off, and uh, I'm sure that's a, a situation that, uh, first of all, you're going to assume try to fix uh, next year where you don't have such a long layoff. Yeah, that's that's something. And we tried this year too, Mike, where, uh, you know, Coach Hawks blasted out an email to the Southwest, seeing if anybody's interested. Uh, you know, unfortunately this week, Classes one through three are in district play, so, uh, four, five, and six would be the remaining. Obviously, we're not intimidated. We've been playing four, five, and six all, <laughs> all season. Uh, but, um, you know, everybody's allowed 26, and, and, you know, at, at this time in the season, everybody's probably reached That's their so max, right, yeah. yeah, max potential of, of the games that they're allowed, so, uh, that and is, we, and we had no, basically no snow outs around us. Uh, and that's, year. that's honestly what killed us. And I, I was talking to Coach Gray about this, uh, last week and trying to find games and, and, uh, he said, you know, we just didn't have the weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we probably could have picked up one. Uh, but, you know, we didn't have the weather, but then, you know, like he said, we're, we're pretty good this year, Mike. And, and so not everybody's just going to come in yeah. here and, and be willing to play us. Uh, they're going to, they're going to know and, and understand that Nevada Lady Tigers are, are good. And, uh, at this point in the year, you don't want to take any, any, uh, I guess potential losses. Well, we're going to get into how you're feeling this, uh, this layoff, I guess, here a little bit later on in the segment. But right now, let's talk about, uh, the one game we have to talk about in this past week. It was quite a game last Friday night at home, uh, the regular season finale against the Lady Bulldogs of El Dorado Springs, who are in the midst of their district play this week. Uh, ranked number three right now. I saw in the latest rankings in class three girls basketball. Um, and, uh, they are playing, uh, their semifinal district. Of district play actually tomorrow night. I'm sorry, the girls mm-hmm. are tomorrow night, so they're playing tomorrow uh, at uh, Butler. But uh, at any rate, 61-54, El Dorado Springs gets the win. Heck of a game, nine ties, five lead changes, and well, I know you didn't want to take a loss uh, from a from a fan and a broadcast perspective. It was one whale of a basketball game. Yeah, and then that's <laughs> that's all that was talked about uh, the last couple of days. Mike is is uh the girls and and how fun it was uh our girls came out and, and played exactly how we we needed to uh you know you unfortunately down the stretch uh although I, I, whenever that 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 Stewart girl hit that three uh you can kind of feel the uh deflation start to set in and so uh our only bucket of the game I the think. only bucket <laughs> and it was a huge one uh so i mean for her to even catch and fire like that uh, I mean, kudos to her, but, uh, you know, we still had, we still had chances. Uh, you know, we continued to stay in that attack mode and, and we missed free throws down, down the stretch, especially mm-hmm. very, uh, needing free throws. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I felt like that kind of was, is what separated, um, that final score there. And then obviously we had to foul, uh, a couple, a couple times there to try to, um, you know, get a little closer or, or put us in a different situation. But, uh, Unfortunately, um, you know, we did come away with the loss, but uh, a team like that and, and the success that Eldo has has had and having this year, um, I still take that as a, a moral victory for us. Absolutely. Well, it was a heck of a game. Uh, of course, a full house on hand to watch it. Uh, 
the boys' game also very entertaining. But uh, 61-54, Eldorado Springs gets the win, and uh, you had a one-point lead going to the final quarter. Uh, you were trailing by five at the half, so a very good third quarter. Eight, a squad scored them 18-12. to Maddie Majors really got hot in that third quarter. Uh, she had 20 and uh, picked up 11 of them in the third quarter. Yeah, and I mean, you know, the thing that, that allowed that to happen um, was us going inside. Uh, the first half, we we put a, a big emphasis on that from the Marshfield to the Eldo game that I really feel like we need to start using that more. Uh, even if Abby and, and Kara and, and Katie aren't getting shots, uh, if we take the ball inside, people are going to have to start respecting that. And Ab, you know, fortunately for us, she knocked down two big shots. And one was taking Macy Mays, one of the best players in southwest Missouri, to the basket and finishing. And you could tell that whenever Abby and, and KJ and Kara, they caught the ball, defense was stepping to it, which then uh, opened up some shots there in the first half, but really opened up shots in the second half. And so uh, we continue to talk about Maddie and, and her uh, scoring and, and how she's been in w, double figures and all the greatness Maddie has done for us. And so uh, for, for her to score 20 against a, a state-ranked Class 3 team of, of El Dorado Springs, um, that's just hats off to her. Uh, she has continuously done that for, uh, for us this season. And, and Maddie, Maddie has definitely improved to the player that I, I have visioned her the last three years. And, and so I'm very proud of Maddie and, and the effort that she put forth on Thursday night. Another player we talk about obviously a lot is Clara Swearingen. She had 17 in the game, four trays in the contest. And I bring that up because over the previous two games, she had scored a total of 17 points. Six yeah. against Marshfield. A lot of players would take that. We obviously expect more out of her. And she expects more out of herself, but looked like she was kind of getting her shooting touch back. Yeah, on Friday with four trades, <clears throat> definitely, and, and that's something that you know I, I figured we would talk about because we did bring that up after those last two uh, games against Mack and Marshfield that she did combine for 17 points total, and then you know she dropped 17 um, against Eldo. But you know, one that's that's on Clara. Um, you know, being able to get downhill, I'm not for sure how many free throws she really finished with, but maybe four or five. 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 Missed so, the last two, unfortunately. Yeah, missed those last ones, but, uh, you know, she was in attack mode. The, the, against Marshfield, she shot zero. And so, it, those are, those are free. Literally free throws. They're free. <laughs> so, get to the hole. I mean, not always, you know, when you go to the basket and, and you get fouled, it's not always gonna feel great. But, uh, you know, our, our girls are, are very tough. Uh, once, one, they, they practice against each other and, and there's times, Mike, that I feel like I probably need to bring out the whistle because there are some pretty physical fouls at practice. But, uh, you know, our girls being as competitive and tough as they are, we have to get to the free throw line. And Clara did a good job of that. Um, but also we made some tweaks. Uh, and we took the days, those couple days from Marshfield to El Dorado. And we worked on two different uh, offenses, I guess three, with our, I call it four read, uh, just staying wide and not not giving flick handoffs or bounce passes, giving for sure handoffs. And that created, and then pin screens, and that created a lot of shots for Claire and Maddie uh, in the first and second half. And then um, we, we put in, a, it was 41-0 is what we called it, and we just tried to get everybody over and uh, put, and isolate Mads and Clara, and they did a good job of that, and, and that was something that I felt like really stood out uh, against El Dorado and, and gave us a lot of success. Abby Ethman ends up with six in the game. We haven't seen her soar a lot lately, um, and I'm sure you're going to be looking to her 
helped produce points and as you get into postseason play. Came out quick, uh, had six points in the first half, and then just didn't have the opportunities in the second half. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of that just goes back to playing defense. I mean, you know, in that second half, I think she had two or three uh really good blocks and i know two for sure in the fourth quarter uh one against the maze girl and the other one against the shop girl they're two best players and so uh you know whenever whenever maddie and clara start taking over the scoring ab really takes over our defense and so uh you know in that first half ab was able to score and you could see everybody playing really solid defense in the in the first half and then whenever Mads and Clara start scoring, you really see Katie Johnson and Kara and Abby step up to the plate on the defensive end. Uh, you know, and that's just the unselfishness of our girls. Uh, they know that they're, they're hot and we try to, we try to feed them the basketball on the offensive end and then everybody picks up the pace on the defensive end for us. Well, you take a look at El Dorado Springs, where it's just 20 miles over the way and uh, they're playing, as I mentioned, tomorrow night in their district uh, opener as they got a first round by. It, it just, they always have the same last name, the Mays or Schaff, and, uh, Macy Mays will be graduating, uh, but now you got a freshman sister, McKinley, coming right behind her. We want, we see is going to be a, a talent, maybe not as big, but she's going to be talented, and then, of course, uh, Ray Schaff is off at Drew University. Her younger sister, Neely, just a sophomore, she had 17. But, uh, then you look down further down the road here, and you got this 5'6 sophomore, Alexis Collins, who, uh, kind of got Elbrail Springs jump started with three trays in the second quarter. Was that a bit of a surprise? Um, not really. Um, I mean, in that moment, yes, because she hit two back to back that were really, really good for them. Um, on film, and we even talked about it, uh, getting out to her because she is a shooter. Uh, you know, and if you leave her enough space like we did, she's going to knock them down. And, you know, unfortunately, when we rotated in our, in our zone, um, we had too many people sunk too low than where they needed to be. And she was able to catch and shoot. And, and I mean, at the top of the key, that, that's a, just a bread and butter shot, uh, for just about any shooter. And, and so, um, you know, we, we gave her back to back ones and, and then I think she hit one a little later in the quarter, but, uh, you know, we just got to continue to be aware of, of the shooters on the floor and talking to each other and understanding, uh, you know, when we are in our zone, we, we can't sink too low and uh, put ourselves in a position that we can't close back out. Uh, you know, if anything, at least be a, a contested shot. Those two first ones that she made back-to-back, they were not contested, and, and that's 100% on us. Um, but, you know, we got to do a better job of, of moving when the ball moves, but definitely contesting uh, and then hopefully just run her off the line because in a zone we do have people behind uh, the defender that's running her off the line to pick up the slack, uh, so that way she's not just catching and shooting from the three-point line. And you mentioned covering up the three-point shooters. Had that issue against Marshfield. Weren't getting to the three-point shooters. Saw that some of that again against Elderwell Springs on Friday. Is this a point of concern going to postseason play? Um, I wouldn't say a point of concern. Uh, you know, we just it seems like there's times even throughout the year that we just we kind of just not really lull to sleep. But when you set in a zone, we 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 do have the potential to take plays off, and and we've seen that uh, against really good shooting teams. Uh, you know, we saw that whenever we got big against uh, got a big against um, St. Michael's, mm-hmm. and then we continue to let shooters shoot the ball and not be contested, and so. Uh, you know, we were in a fight there too, but 
we got to understand, I, I think for the most part, our girls have done a good job of moving when the ball moves and talking on, on defense, um, especially in the zone. But, uh, you know, unfortunately, there's, a, there's always going to be some breaks, and especially when you have really good teams like the Marshfield and, and Eldo uh, that we played last week. But then, you know, we, we can't allow them to get some of those shots that are, un, that are uncontested. Well, Nevada ends up the regular season at, uh, 19 and 6 after the loss to El Dorado Springs. Uh, I was kidding around with Bo Swopes. I coached El Dorado Springs prior to the game on Friday. I said, how do you just keep getting these same girls with the same last name? And he said, oh, I'm getting close to running out. <laughs> I may have to think about retirement, but, uh, a few more years. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, but yeah, you got, uh, Neely Schaff and now who's a sophomore, McKinley Mays, who's a, who's a freshman and Alexis Collins, who's a sophomore. I think it's future pretty bright for a while. Definitely. And, and they, they are the defending state champs in class three, right? Number three right now. Uh, can't, I haven't looked at their bracket to see if they have to play Stratford before the final four, but it'll probably come down to one of those two teams anyway. Yeah. That's how it seems to be set up year after year year and so uh you know he he does but it goes back to lamar too mm-hmm. uh and, and we've been talking about that once you build that tradition and that that uh reputation of winning and, and having that success nobody wants to, to fall short of that and so they've done a great job at eldo bo's done a great job and and then obviously between uh you know coach bailey and coach Bishore there at at uh, lamar they've done a great job and so Whenever, you know, last names help, definitely. <laughs> but when you have tradition and culture like those guys, and, you, I mean, you're seeing it here, too, in Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're definitely on the, the rebound side of it, and, and we're picking back up where we left off a few years ago. Absolutely. Well, 19-6, and six, as I mentioned, uh, that's how you finish the regular season. Uh, what are your thoughts on the regular season? You always have regrets, I know. Or uh, that game, if you had a game you want back, which one would it be? Uh, all the losses. Um, <laughs> which you, one stung the most? <laughs> uh, the one that stung the most. Honestly, probably um, the last two here this last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the big eight, the big eight um, champion mm-hmm. overall. That hurt because the first half we we just really shot ourselves in the foot, and so. Um, I feel like we, even if we just play one more quarter like we did the third and fourth, we win that. Uh, so that one hurts because that was one of our main goals. Uh, obviously we wanted to be the Big 8 West, but then the Big 8 champs overall. Um, and, and then just the Eldo game, you know, I say all the losses, but, you know, the people puts a lot of rivalry and emphasis on the Eldorado game. And once again, we, we had them on the ropes. Um, yeah, Carl Junction on the ropes, who may end up winning a state championship. That's, that's just five. where I start. I start going back, <laughs> and, and you know, all these are, are single-digit losses. And uh, besides the Lebanon game, which I, I do think that we can beat Lebanon, but you go right into the the Carl Junction uh, tournament. We had them on the ropes. We could have beat them. Uh, you know, Mike, we could we could honestly, besides the blowout from Lebanon, we could be sitting at, at twenty-three and one right now. Uh, and, and that would have been huge for our school, our team, our, our, our pro. I mean, just so many things, a, a list of things. But, um, you know, our, our girls had the potential to be in that position because of how hard they played and, and how much work they put in. And so, uh, being 19 and six and, and knowing that, that we had a chance in those six losses, I guess five of those six losses, um, I love it. Uh, you know, it, it shows that the future is bright. We do lose a lot of key pieces. Uh, I guess several of our, couple of our key pieces, uh, due to graduation with Maddie and Ab, but, um, you know, you start setting that culture and that tone and, and those goals that, that uh, our seniors have the last couple of years. 
girls start buying in. Girls start uh, want to being want to being a part of that culture and, and the winning mentality and and uh, reaching those goals as a group because uh, there's nothing that feels better than achievement and, and being successful. And we're on the right track, uh, you know. And, and we're, we got a lot of pieces coming back. And then uh, you know we we do have some up and comers in the next couple years with uh, the eighth grade and seventh grade group this year. So uh, I'm very happy. Uh, I'm very proud of our girls and how they represented Lady Tiger basketball this year. Well, we're not going to – this is our last Tiger Talk of the season, so we're not going to be able to do sort of an end-of-the-year type of program uh, afterwards. So we'll just go ahead and shoehorn this in now, and then we'll get to postseason play. But uh, you do have two seniors, Abby Hethman and Maddie Majors, who played their last home game on Friday against El Dorado Springs. Other than getting a win, I can't imagine a better final game for them. Uh, to uh, to finish with at Wynn Gymnasium. Yeah, and, and you know when you get to this time of the year, Mike, it 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 really does start setting in, and I'm trying not to get teary eyed here, <laughs> but uh, you know it, it it's tough because you know these two girls they they've truly been with me for the last four years, and um you know to see how much they've grown and how much they've improved those four years. I, Obviously, I can't I can't thank them enough with words, and and so hopefully we can just continue on here in the postseason and and really push and, and give these girls every game and and everything that that we have left for them because they've earned that. And so uh, you know, losing them is going to be tough. We got a we got really big shoes to fill. And we talk about that year after year whenever grad, uh, seniors do graduate, and so. Um, you know that's something that we're going to have to uh, really focus on and really look look into um, this summer. Uh, you know we we play a lot of games this summer, and so we got to really find that that cohesiveness uh, after Mads and, and Abby uh, leave due to graduation, and, and we'll put a little bit more focus on that during the summer. But uh, you know it, it's one of those feelings that you don't want to you don't want to think too much about and, and feel too much about because. Uh, those are, are two great uh, young ladies that, that we absolutely love and, and uh, are very thankful for in our program. Well, on the on that, let's move to postseason. And uh, that begins a week from tomorrow for the Nevada Lady Tigers. Again, just kind of a little quirk in the scheduling here. Class 4, District 13 uh, begins uh, next Tuesday on the girls' side. And, again, districts are being done a little bit differently uh, this year uh, where – uh, boys and girls are not guaranteed to be in the same district, not even guaranteed to be in the same class <laughs> anymore. And uh, it just so happens that Nevada is in the same district and in the same class. Class 4, District 13, both of them are at Pleasant Hill, uh, which has become a bit of a rarity in district play. Uh, and they do play on separate nights now. Uh, this year, boys on, Mon- on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, girls on Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, in district play. That also affects the state tournament bracket, by the way. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But the uh, the Class 4 District 13 seed meeting was held this past Sunday. Looked like it went pretty much according to plan. Mm-hmm. You got the number one seed with a 19-6 and six record. Not the most wins in the district, but head-to-head and schedule, strength of schedule, puts you in that number one spot. Yeah, and, you know, we talked about that before going on the air, Mike. You know, uh, you just don't leave any doubts when you go to those meetings and talk about uh, your team and, and where you possibly think you are, and you don't give people multiple choices, uh, you know, and that's what we did. One, we, we do have the head-to-heads and the strength of schedule, and, uh, you know, we don't we don't have the 20 wins like Clinton does, uh, but we do have the head-to-head against them, and... Uh, and then our, our our losses, you know, I, I didn't try to dwell too much about that or talk too much about them, but you know, of our six, three of them are state ranked, mm-hmm. and then you know, uh, Web City, they're 
the second seed in their district. I brought that up yeah. and and just talked about how good these well, a six three post. Yeah, with the, <laughs> well, if you ask her, she thinks she's taller than that. But uh, Maybe. I mean, you just you just continue to see the teams that we're playing against, and you you just. That's the justification right there. That's all we need is you look at the strength of our schedule. And so uh, uh, we were unanimously voted number one. Uh, obviously, I can't vote for us. So uh, besides us, everybody voted for Nevada. And, and, you know, we got the one seed in our district. And uh, I felt like everything else kind of fell into place like like we talked about and, and pictured it would. Um, but now, like I'm, I'm telling everybody, they're congratulating us. You know, yeah, that that's half the battle. Now, now we got to go prove why we're the one seed and, and uh, show up ready to go Thursday against Harrisonville. Well, Harrisonville and Senton, uh, center play on Harrison. Tuesday, rather. Yeah, Harrisonville or center, you'll play. Uh, Harrisonville did beat center twice, so the odds are, you know, they always say it's tough to be a good team three times. We'll yeah. see. Uh, but, uh, and then Harrisonville, Harrisonville's playing really good basketball. They've won like five or six in a row. Just beat Clinton, the number two seed, 47-44 a week or so ago. Uh, so they're playing some pretty good basketball at the moment, but they do play center on Tuesday in the seven o'clock game, the other quarterfinal game. Even though it's only two games, it is the quarterfinals. Third seeded Clinton against number six Pleasant Hill. But when you look at, I pulled off the updated records as of today because some teams are still playing this week. Uh, nobody under ten, nobody under ten wins. Pleasant Hill is the bottom seed at ten and fourteen, um, and then you and then Clinton, as you mentioned, the three seed at twenty one and five. So. When you kind of throw them all together, it looks like a very, pretty competitive district. Yeah, and it it is, and it has been for years, Mike. And so, you know, that that's another reason why when Coach Hawks called about, you know, where we want the location to be, I, I said, okay, what are our options? And he mm. said, well, I think it's going to be center or not center. It's going to be uh, Clinton or P. Hill. I said P. Hill. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, you know, you, you look at Clinton and you look at their home games and, you know, that they won a, a tough one last night against Warrensburg and, uh, they always have a, a great showing of fans that come out and, and support them. And so, uh, you know, to, to be on their home court with a lot of their key pieces that they won with last year, um, you know, I, I thought that was a no-brainer where it needed to be. And, and so, uh, you know, we, we traveled to P. Hill. And uh, you, even with P. Hill, you know, P. Hill starting to figure some things out. They've won, I think he said, four of their last five games and, and competing really well. So um, I, I think one through six, it's a very competitive group. Uh, you know, there's not a lot of doubt of who could be where. And so once again, like I said, we gotta we got to prove why we're the one and we got our work cut out for us. So we got to be ready to go. Uh, you know, unfortunately, we have had this long layover, but uh, I think I thought the last couple of days of practice have been really good, and, and you know, just kind of chomping at the bit a little bit to get back mm-hmm. to gameplay for sure. Well, Nevada will play on Thursday, March second at five thirty against the winner of the Harrisonville Center game next Tuesday. So when you uh, and we're a week, almost a week away from that game, uh, so maybe it's a little bit hard to break down at this mm-hmm. point. But you do have some history where Harrisonville has beaten center twice. They are in the same conference. No, Harrisonville's not in the MRVC anymore. Take that back. They're in the, one of the suburban conferences mm-hmm. now. But up in Kansas City. But at any rate, they did play twice. When you take a look at Harrisonville and center, um, how do you any, – any early thoughts on that one? Uh, just the film that I've watched, uh, one, it's, it's tough because I'm going back and forth between the two and cause you just got to be prepared for either one. Um, you know, I, I definitely think Harrisonville has the advantage, um, you know, and, and you could see from the first time they played and the second time there's, there's a little scoring difference. Um, center did lose one of their best players, uh, due to an AC, ACL injury. So, uh, 
Um, you know, I, I, that that's tough when you lose your best player. You got to find somebody uh, that night because I think it happened maybe in the first or second quarter, uh, according to their coach in the district meeting. And so, um, you know, you're just kind of shell shocked with that whenever that stuff happens. And uh, you know, I, I, Harrisonville they return a lot of their key pieces uh, from the success that they had last year. Uh, you know, even with that, the success they had last year in returning some, they're still a young team. They got several sophomores and juniors. Um, you know, Harrisonville, their, their best player is a senior. I think her name is, uh, Maddie Johnson. They call her MJ. Um, very athletic, very quick. Uh, we're gonna have to do a good job, uh, knowing where she's at and, and, uh, you know, once again, if, if we play Harrisonville, it's going to be Katie Johnson guarding her. Katie Johnson has continued to do a great job against uh, girls that that are, are a little taller and a, a little quicker. Uh, she just seems to always, you know, have a, a great act for uh, nose on the ball and, and pressuring those girls. So, uh, you know, I, if it's Harrisonville, we got our work cut out, um, and if it's center, we got our work cut out just because mm-hmm. they are so quick. Uh, they, they touch a lot of passes. That's what stands out with center. Uh, is just how, how much, you know, they, they, they're able to fly around and touch a lot of passes. So, uh, you know, we got two good opponents, either one that we could play in the semifinals. So, uh, we just gotta, we gotta continue to, uh, focus on ourselves, uh, over this, this, uh, layover and, and just be ready to go when it comes time on Thursday. Notre Dame, Dacey Young's the two seed. They'll play the other semifinal on Thursday, March 2nd at 7 against the winner of the Clinton Pleasant Hill game. Uh, we've seen Clinton, Notre Dame, Dacey Young. We haven't seen since the, the semifinals of last year's district tournament, uh, at Harrisonville. So, not a lot of people, obviously, uh, follow Dacey on. So, uh, at this early juncture, I know you'll scout them, uh, on Tuesday, or I'm sorry, yeah, uh, or somehow you'll scout them next Tuesday. I don't know if you're going up or just watching on video, but what do you know about Dacey on, uh, from a year ago to this year? Well, they return a couple, uh, just a couple girl, uh, girls. They, when you're a private school, it seems like, you know, yeah. they have a better offer or something, or, or maybe they even have the opportunity to go to a, a bigger school. Mm-hmm. Uh, you see that in the city and stuff like that happening. And so, uh, they, they do return a couple key pieces. Uh, their best player who was a freshman last year, uh, I'm blanking on her name, but number one, uh, she's back. Uh, not only is she back, is she back, but, uh, she is, is definitely a force to be reckoned with. And so, uh, you know that that's what gave Clinton Fitz earlier last week. Whenever they played each other, um, you know she has gotten taller, and so uh, they they just put her inside. And then they have a shooter number eleven, uh, shoots the ball really well. Um, you know, probably one of the better ones that we've seen down the stretch here. And so we gotta we gotta do a good job of that and being aware of where she's at because we have uh, the tendency to lose track of shooters. Um, and then they have a, another taller post. Uh, I, I would say she's probably a true six foot mic and, and real lengthy. And so, um, you know, they, they crash the boards hard, but, um, you know, Clinton and Desion, they have to play each other first. Mm-hmm. I do think Clinton's going to beat P Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, upsets happen all the time in districts. And so, uh, you, you know, Desion did a good job. They, I think they end up beating him by six or seven, uh, at Clinton, uh, earlier last week. And so um, they do have that running for them, but it's always tough to turn right around and, and try to beat the same team twice. And so uh, I, I, I think Desion um, is, is probably going to be favored favorite to uh, to beat Clinton to win over them. And so, uh, 
But we, we just got to continue to do what we did Thursday night against El Dorado. Uh, you know, I, I had um, a person come up to me and, and ask me, are you going to try to run with Eldo? And I said, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And so th- that's when we're at our best is, is running and gunning and, and playing really quick Lady Tiger basketball. And, you know, I, I, the teams in our district, I just don't see being able to do that with us. And so if we can do that and really lock down on the defensive end, we're going to be all right. But we got to take one game at a time, mm-hmm. and it all starts on Thursday. Final thing, and then we'll let you go. Uh, obviously, we've talked a couple of times about the fact you've got this two-week layoff. So how are you feeling that time, uh, trying to build to where you're going to be uh, playing on that Thursday, March 2nd? And how concerned are you that uh, you do have a two-week uh, layoff? And, of course, whoever you play is going to have a game in a couple of days before yours. Um Concern. I'm, I'm trying not to uh, give it's kind that. Of a Christmas break. Yeah, I'm not trying to feed that at all. Uh, just because I, I I enjoy sleeping at night, and so. Um, well, you did play at Javier Arena. <laughs> we did do that. So, uh, and then we came and threw a goose egg against Webb. So I don't know if that's a good idea either. But uh, you know, I, I do enjoy my sleep, so I'm trying not to feed the con- the concern worry uh, thought very much because um, you know we we just we're we're taking this week and and we're really breaking down. Uh, we're adding some wrinkles to our, our offenses, our defenses, and our inbounds. Um, you know, the, the stuff that we've shown all year, we're going to do some different things. And we've been focusing on that. And it's just little quick tweaks, uh, some quick hitters on the inbounds plays, um, you know, and then just trying to put the ball in, in uh, the right people's hands on offense. And then on defense, I, I felt like after the Marshfield game, uh, we were switching a lot of uh, our man-to-man stuff, and so um, that's something that, that we're going to focus on and, and work on here with this time. So just putting some tweaks in, um, you know, trying to make it as fun as possible because we do have a lot of time before uh, next Thursday when we do play uh, our, our first round of districts. So, um, uh, you know, we, we had a tips tournament, which is basketball-related to in practice, and uh, yesterday and we're going to have a, a, a we had a three on three tournament today to end practice mm-hmm. and so uh, you know we have senior practice tomorrow to just to continue to, to make it interesting and, and let the girls have fun and and so uh, you know come Monday we have three days before we play again and that will be uh, a little more serious those those three days but uh, still going to be able to get up and down the floor here this week and we that's what we got to continue to do to stay in shape but uh uh, you know, it, it's not really, I wouldn't call it a tune-up game because uh, of how good Harrisonville or Center are. But, uh, you know, I, I anticipate the first quarter to be a little sloppy at times. But, um, you know, I, I feel like if we do and are able to come out with a win on on uh, next Thursday, um, it's just going to set us up for uh, success on, on Saturday in the, the district championship. Right, we'll look forward to it. Of course, we'll have the coverage uh, on Thursday, March 2nd. Uh, 5.30 tip-off, 5.10 pregame, and that'll be on both KNEM and KNMO, plus all of our online outlets, including Nevada TV, which, by the way, will be pay-per-view now that we're getting into district play. So keep that in mind. Those details will be on the site next week. So uh, thank you for our final Tiger Talk. Thank you for the time all season long. we got more conversation to have yeah. yet, but uh, thank you for all the time here on Tiger Talk, and uh, we'll see you uh, next week at Pleasant Hill. Absolutely, and, and like you said, we got plenty of time here, Mike, but uh, we are very thankful and, and appreciative of everything you've done so far this season. Thank you very much. That's Blake when we come back, switch to boys basketball. Head coach Sean Gray after this timeout on Tiger Talk.
It's time for the Thorpe's Appliances Tiger Teammate of the Week. Woo! This week's Tiger Teammate is sophomore Abby Keating, manager for the Nevada High School Wrestling Program. Abby does a great job taking care of the little things behind the scenes that help the wrestlers perform at a high level. Abby also films for the Tiger Wrestling Squad, which allows the athletes to see what they do well and where they can improve. Keep up the great work, Abby. Nevada Tiger Teammates of the Week are brought to you by Thorpe's Appliances, 114th North Cedar in Nevada, proud supporter of Nevada Tiger Athletics. The Plumbing Shop in Nevada would like to announce that they are your Navian hot water dealer. Navian systems offer more output for the money, lower installation costs, and lower operating costs for the homeowner. The Plumbing Shop also specializes in mostly commercial and new home builds. For a new Navian system in your commercial property or residential home, contact the Plumbing Shop at 417-667-1319. Keeping you out of hot water by keeping you in hot water. Hi, Mitch Holtis here. A new year means new beginnings. Briggs Auto wants you to start this year right with a great deal on a new or pre-owned vehicle. Frank, what's happening at Briggs of Fort Scott? Glad you asked, Mitch. We're going deep on discounts here at Briggs Fort Scott. Up to 10000 off the all-new Ram 1500. That's another touchdown, Briggs Auto. Hey, look what's going on at Briggs Auto. Coast of choosing the best insurance company to protect your life's most valuable possessions. Trust one of Missouri's oldest and strongest mutuals, CFM Insurance. I'm Monty Smith, owner of Smith Insurance, and I'm proud to partner with CFM Insurance, who's provided strength, stability, and exceptional protection for Missouri families since 1869. I'm confident that together we can build your perfect CFM homeowners, farm owners, or countryside policy to protect what you've worked so hard to achieve generations to come. Let's grow together. Call 417-667-1828 for a quote or stop by our new office location at 100 South Pruitt Street, Suite B in Nevada. Welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight. Thanks for joining us again. Just basketball tonight's program with uh, wrestlers up in Columbia at the uh, state wrestling meet. Uh, no coaches available to do a Tiger Talk for tonight. And uh, this is our final Tiger Talk of the winter sports season since uh, Nevada Tigers are going to be playing next Wednesday night. So uh, no program next week. So we're just going to go ahead and call it a call it a season for Tiger Talk after tonight as we finish up the regular season. Nevada did exactly that last Friday with a thrilling 53-49 win against El Dorado Springs. A fantastic atmosphere. Win Gymnasium for a girl boy doubleheader and uh, two very good basketball games to, to finish up the regular season. Tiger head coach Sean Gray joins us now, and uh, Sean it was a uh, it was quite the night on Friday night at El Dorado Springs, and uh, certainly a good way to wrap up your regular season. It was, Mike. Um, it was nice, you know, for the boys. It was senior night. It was nice to honor Kate and Drew, and uh, it was just a packed house like we thought it might be. And uh, uh, you know, the game early on wasn't real exciting, but. Uh, to Eldorado Springs' credit, they came back and made it an exciting finish for sure. Well, they did. You had control of the game for the most part. I mean, uh, I know people are probably tired of it, and I know you're tired of dealing with it, <laughs> but uh, uh, playing with a lead is, uh, has been interesting for, for a good chunk of the season for Nevada, and uh, Friday was no different. Yeah, we went we went a big stretch of the of the year, Mike, where we were down. Uh, you know, we, we never had that lead, and you know, and then kind of we turned the turned the page into the second half of the season and we started really clicking on all cylinders i thought and then and, and getting out to leads and then it just it was foreign territory for us and uh we're, we're still a work in progress but uh you know we had one getaway against seneca we had one getaway against mcdonald county but overall we've been able to hang on to those leads and, and while we haven't been able to extend and, and take double digit leads all the time and, and maintain those we haven't been able to win, so we tried to 
we tried to find positives for the guys in practice and, and, and just talk about that. But, uh, you know, really, really proud of the way we started the game, executed defensively, kept them out of the paint, all the size that Eldorado Springs had. Um, we, we really were concerned with them beating us up on the glass um, and, and concerned with them getting points in the paint. And then also with Landon Murray, who was averaging over 20 points a game for them coming in. And I thought we did a good job of keeping them off the glass and did a good job of containing Murray early on which is why we were able to build that early lead. Now, you take a look at the the box score, really rebounding-wise, uh, you held your own in, uh, in the contest, uh, despite all the size uh, that they had. Uh, well, you're 31. They had 31-31. Uh, well, and uh, I'm sorry, 34. Uh, yeah. They had the advantage 34-31, but still, when, you're going, when they're going 6-7, 6-8, 6-5, that's, uh, that's not too bad. No, and, and we, you know, the, they, they did get... Um, 13 offensive rebounds, which which was maybe a little high, but you know, in turn, Mike, um, we got 11 offensive rebounds of our own. So uh, I thought both teams crashed the glass pretty hard. But what we did a decent job of when they did get an offensive rebound, it wasn't always just a stick back. Um, they would get an offensive rebound, and then we would work maybe to force a second miss and then get that one. So um, you know, you look at several things, even though they got. Those 13 offensive rebounds, only 10 second chance points, mm-hmm. which I thought was pretty key for us, given the size advantage that they did have. Well, you go to the fourth quarter uh, with the with a nine point lead at 37-28. They make a run, uh, certainly most of that because of Landon Murray, who you held in check with two points after three quarters, and then he got loose uh, in the fourth quarter, largely from the free throw line, but also a couple of big threes. And uh, I guess what was the difference between the fourth quarter and the first three quarters in trying to deal with Landon Murray? Well, first and foremost, Bryce Budge did a phenomenal job on him and just not letting him catch it when he did catch it, taking his space away. And then Bryce's teammates being kind of having his back, so to speak. And that was huge. You know, in the fourth quarter, a few things happened. Bryce, I thought, was a little bit tired. We had to switch some different guys onto him. And there were a couple times we just had mental lapses where we were close enough to him to guard him from the three-point line, but our hands were down at our side. Mm-hmm. And... Any shooter will tell you that you can stand as close to me as you want. If there's nothing in my vision, if I have any space at all to get the shot off, if your hand's not up in my face, you might as well. It doesn't matter if you're a foot from me. You you, you know you might as well be ten feet away from me. And we fell victim to that a couple times. He knocked down those shots. And then, like you said, I think maybe eight or ten of his points came from the free throw line in the fourth quarter as well. When you look at the free throw line, it was interesting. Um... Because uh, if you ask the, the Bulldog faithful, I'm sure they thought we shot twice as many free throws as they did. But uh, it's actually very close. Uh, 14 of 16 for Nevada, 13 of 17 for Eldorado Springs. And other than two free throws by Eldorado Springs in the first quarter, every free throw was in the fourth quarter. Uh, so uh, uh, I bring that up because you only had one field goal in the fourth quarter. You had to hold them off at the free throw line. You did that 14 of 16. Yeah, really proud of our guys to step up in clutch situations. There's a lot of pressure there. You've got a lead. Not too distant memory of a, a time when in the fourth quarter we didn't make free throws the way we needed to and gave a game up. And, uh, you know, asking 15, 16, 17 year olds to, to step up with all that pressure is, is sometimes a tall task, but really proud of them that they were able to do that. And, um, you know, yeah, they, they shot more free throws than we did for the game, Mike. And in the fourth quarter, <coughs> they were a little bit in desperation mode. So they were more aggressive than they had been throughout. Um, and which I thought caused us to foul a little more. Then on the flip side, they had to get the ball back, so a lot of trapping and going for steals, uh, which uh, which our guys, for the most part, um, drew the fouls when we needed to draw them and then, and then converted to the line, which 
you, you talk about it in practice all the time, and you never know. You might go two, three, four, five games, and that free throw line doesn't stand out. But when you have games like this and it does stand out, um, it just uh, emphasizes that importance of uh, converting from the charity strike. Well, defensively, you talked about uh, Bryce Bud covering uh, Landon Murray. Defensively, it was actually a pretty good game by the entire team. Eldorado Springs came in averaging just over 60 points a game. After three quarters, you had them at 28, less than half of that. Uh, then they picked it up, obviously, in the in the fourth quarter with 21 points. But defensively, for the first three quarters, thought that your entire team played well. Yeah, Mike, we like to have a checklist of how does how does our opponent most like to score. Well, you go through the Alerta Springs checklist, it's Landon Murray getting going, whether it be from the three-point line or attacking the basket. So we were able to check that off. Bryce held him in check. They like a high-low game with, with their big post players. They like to get someone at the high post, get someone under the rim. Early on, Alerta Springs hit a couple mid-range jumpers from the high post, but as the game went along, we took that away as well. Uh, number 11, Gordon, really bouncy, strong right-handed driver. Our guys did a great job of taking away his right hand. Riddick Shook drew charges like we've seen him draw all year long, knowing that he's a drive-first player. So, And then the points in the paint. Held him to a total of 10 second-chance points all night long on the glass. So uh, just step-by-step, step, I thought our guys did a great job of checking off the things that you have to check off um, against Eldorado Springs and uh, and put ourselves in position to have that lead so that we could hang on to it at the end. Well, certainly quite a night. A uh, great way to finish off the regular season. Eldrail Springs came in uh, uh, just inside the top ten in Class Three, right a tie for tenth. Actually, they finished up at twenty and five. Uh, they're playing a district play this week. In fact, they're playing tonight up at Butler uh, in their first district game. Uh, Nevada finishes up the regular season at thirteen and thirteen. Which on the surface, you know, five hundred record is what it is. But you got to look a little deeper because you finished the regular season by winning seven of your last nine, and uh, one of those. Two losses got away from you with McDonald County, as we talked about uh, ad nauseum. But uh, great way to finish off the regular season. Yeah, th- these guys, we've talked about it before. All year long, they've had a workmanlike approach, a just desire to get better, and that starts at the top. You know, guys like Cade Beachler and Drew Beachler are seniors. Bryce Budd, who's a team leader for us, guys like that set the tone every day in practice. And when we got off to a rough start, um, there, there was none of this feeling sorry for ourselves, pointing fingers. It was just show up and uh, pull yourself up by the bootstraps and uh, put on your work gloves and go to work every day. And I'm really, really glad to see all of this hard work and that positive attitude pay off with wins. Um, and I think one thing that we've seen down the stretch, s- several of our opponents, as we get, got into February, had not played the same schedule we had played. Mm-hmm. And I thought that preparedness was big for us. And then the effort and energy with which our guys play, I think, you know, you get this late in the season, that started to wear on some of our opponents as well. And uh, just really glad to see the fruits of our labors pay off down the stretch. Hopefully it's momentum we can continue uh, into late February and early March next week. Since this is our last Tiger Talk of the season, we won't be able to do a, a, a postseason program like we normally do uh, to talk about uh, the seniors. So we'll touch on that now. It was senior night on Friday. Drew Beatsler and Cade Beeshore, your only two seniors, along with your longtime manager, uh, that uh, you recognized prior to the game uh, on Friday night. And uh, they certainly picked a good night to finish off their, their home career anyway at Wynn Gymnasium. Yeah, they sure did. You mentioned Sean Jones, our manager. He's been with us since his freshman year. And, uh, He's a character, and our guys love Sean, and uh, he's been a big part of our program. So, if you ever, if you ever, you know, miss seeing Sean at uh, Wind Gymnasium, you can go out to Freddy's, and he works four <laughs> or five days a week out there as well. So, um, and then yeah, Caden Drew. I mean, Drew, we really missed Drew last year and the, that year that he was off, but 
didn't skip a beat when he came back. He's got a great relationship with all of our guys. He and Cade have a really close friendship. Um, and then those guys also have good relationships with the underclassmen, you know, Bryce and Riddick and Jack and the rest of those guys. So that relationship piece, those guys as seniors, not looking at it as we're seniors, it's our year, we should get all the shots. But the fact that they just had a us-we mentality and it doesn't matter who scores, you know, Drew had games where he scored 20-plus points. And it's easy sometimes as a big man, as a post player, to say, well, give me the ball, give me the ball, I need the ball inside, I need the ball inside. Drew was never that way. Drew knew there were nights when he could score for us and, and be a big asset. And there were other nights where he needed to be a facilitator and a defender and a rebounder. Uh, he's just he's just been so important to our successes. And then who he is in the locker room has been great for us as well. And then Cade, four-year senior. Um, you know, Cade and Drew both dressed out as sophomores on that district mm-hmm. title and sectional winning team um, two years ago. And then Cade last year started for us. Took on the point guard duties, and, and 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 you know it was a it was a challenge for him. It was a, it was a tall task, and he's just continued to get better and better. Um, his ability to shoot the ball, his ability to drive the ball, and his ability to defend. He's really just a, an all around complete player. Doesn't there's nothing that maybe wows you or or that that stands out on a highlight reel, but he's just steady. He's steady in all aspects of the game, and and then his leadership uh, is really really big for our guys. So we're gonna miss them, and uh, we hope. That throughout the postseason here, um, we can uh, get get something rolling and uh, finish off their career the right way. Well, Nevada does finish off at thirteen and thirteen. That's how the regular season comes to an end. They are in the middle of this uh, two week layoff, waiting for district play to begin for them a week from tonight, and that is the Class Four District Thirteen tournament being played at Pleasant Hill. We're going to come back and uh, we'll talk about the seating, we'll talk about the preparations, and we'll talk about the district tournament as a whole after we take this time out on Tiger Talk. When it comes to raising cattle, the path to profit is paved with great nutrition. And great nutrition is what you get when you choose Purina. Come to 54 Feed and Seed and ask what we can do to boost your bottom line by improving your herd's health. Start with our number one selling product, Avela 4 Tubs. Nothing compares to the unique formulation of chelated minerals all wrapped up in a bright red tub. Look for the checkerboard at 54 Feed and Seed west of Nevada on Highway 54. Fairy Funeral Home is proud to have served the Nevada and surrounding area since 1925 and continues to be locally owned and family run. Fairy Funeral Home is also a proud supporter of the area's youth and Nevada high school athletics. When times are hard and you need a kind hand with a familiar face, count on Fairy Funeral Home for the sincerity your family deserves. Fairy Funeral Home, three generations finding a better way to help. 301 South Washington in Nevada. Find them fast in names and numbers. There's a spirit going around here that we all share. We support small business. Small business creates over 75% of the new jobs in any given year. We are, in fact, a small business ourselves. We know the local economy. Often we're able to offer advice which can lead to the improved profitability and growth of a small business. First National Bank, Nevada. Member FDIC and Equal Housing Lender. 
Emery's Truck Stop is known throughout the area as a great place to eat breakfast. And their daily lunch specials for $7.49 are spot-on delicious. Did you know they are also known for their Friday and Saturday night steak specials? Check this out. Every Friday and Saturday night, you can get an 8-ounce sirloin steak for $20.95 or a 12-ounce ribeye for $22.95. Both come with your choice of baked or sweet potato, vegetable, salad, and roll. Emery's Truck Stop, 54 Highway in Deerfield, Missouri. Well, postseason time is here for the Nevada Tigers. Welcome back to the Tiger Talk program tonight, our final interview segment. We're doing two segments tonight with Tiger Red Coach Sean Gray. Again, uh, no wrestling segment tonight since they're all up in Columbia at Mizzou Arena. Uh, right as this program is airing, the uh, Nevada Tigers are in the midst of the Class 2 Boys uh, State Wrestling first round. Uh, girls wrestled earlier today. Uh, at the time we're recording, uh, uh, we don't have those results from first round of wrestleback action, so we'll have that for you tomorrow morning on sports. But uh, we move to postseason play for Nevada which will be, of course, the Class 4 District 13 tournament up at Pleasant Hill. Nevada receiving the uh, number one seed, and uh, Sean, unlike the girls' side, was pretty much cut and dry who was going to land where. The boys, not so much. Uh, there was some debate to be had, but um, but uh, Nevada comes out on top, and uh, I sent you a text uh, on Sunday night and uh, asking if uh, the Eldorado Springs win was the clincher or not. But uh, uh, So was that, and, uh, and how to kind of things lay out where you end up with that one seed? Yeah, Mike. I I think the win Thursday night, it definitely didn't hurt anything. You know, like it got us to that 500 mark. Um, and then when you go, when you looked at everyone's schedules, one thing that each coach kind of mentioned was maybe what they thought their strength of schedule was, and to have a a win against a 20 win team was something that no one else could say. And and not only a win against a 20 win team, but a, a state ranked team. Now. You can debate the state rankings and how accurate those things are, you know, from year to year and, and whether or not Eldorado Springs really is a top 10 team in the state. But that being said, it was a, a feather in our cap. And as the seed meeting went along, I, I think it's a little bit to our advantage. It's done in alphabetical order. So we, you know, my turn to speak came fifth out of six teams. So I was really able to hear what Barstow, what Nobnoster, you know, Harrisonville, Clinton, what those other teams had to say. Uh, with with only Pleasant Hill after us, and you know Barstow, who won our district a year ago, um, I think they only had nine or ten wins going into the seed meeting, and I really thought they might push their strength of schedule harder. They mentioned the fact that they thought they played a good schedule. They mentioned that um, they obviously play a lot of the Kansas City metro area schools, but also talked about how inconsistent they've been. How on any given night they can lose to about anybody, and on any given night they thought they could beat about anybody, and then they kind of left it at that. Nob Nostra, who has the most wins in our district, I think 14 wins at the time of the seed meeting, um, they led with the fact that they thought their schedule was one of the weaker ones in our in our district. So, you know, when it, when it came my turn, Mike, I, I just pointed out the fact that uh, on our 26-game schedule, 10 of those games, so over a third of our games, are against Class 5 and Class 6 opponents. Um, four of those games against... Uh, four or five actually since we played Carl Junction twice against COC schools, you know, and, uh, you know, Carthage Webb, Neo Show, Carl Junction twice, uh, which is one of the better conferences in the state. The teams from Northwest Arkansas, um, Ray Peck before their best player had a season ending injury. So we, we did push hard the fact that we thought we played as tough a schedule or a tougher schedule than just about anybody else. And then towards the end, I did say we do have a win against a 20-win team that was state-ranked. And like you mentioned earlier, Mike, we've won seven of our last nine and feel like we are playing our best basketball of the year, 
here in late February, I just said, I feel like we have earned one of the top seeds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when the voting came in, I think it was four to two, um, Nevada, uh, four for Nevada, two for Barstow. So didn't know exactly how it was going to, to go down. I didn't know if Barstow would make a, a, a harder push or Nob Noster possibly, but, um, the fact that Harrisonville beat Nob Noster then at that point kind of settled that three, four debate. Um, and then the fact that Nob Noster had beaten Clinton, Kind of settled the four five, which left P Hill in at the sixth spot. Although I will say this, P Hill's just had a gamut of injuries. I think four of their top eight players have missed more than one game throughout the year. Um, I think he said they've had six or seven different starting lineups this season. So I think they're a six seed that is very capable of beating Harrisonville in that six three game. And I think this is a district that, you know, typically most years, Mike, most districts, the one or maybe the two seed is going to win it. You might get a random three or four seed. Any of the six teams in our district, I think, if they play their best basketball on a given night, uh, could advance to the district title game. So again, they go Nevada, Barstow, Harrisonville, Nob Noster, Clinton, and Pleasant Hill in that order. Uh, Nob Noster by percentage has the best record at 14 and 12 and sitting at the four spot. Everybody's got to mention other than Pleasant Hill right around that 500 mark. Uh, so uh, when you, you take a look at um, how the first how the first round is going to shake out. Of course, you have the first round by Nob Noster, the four and five uh, four and five Nob Noster against Clinton on Monday at seven. Uh, prior to that, at five thirty, the three and sixties are going to play first at five thirty Harrisonville and Pleasant Hill. So uh, you get the winner of the Nob Noster Clinton game on Wednesday, March first, a week from tonight, beginning at five thirty. So. Yeah, as you're saying, that could go either way at this point. Uh, you know, Nob Noster does have the 14 wins, but Clinton may play a little bit better conference than MRVC. They do. Um, they played each other like on November 22nd, like before Thanksgiving, and Nob Noster got a, a one possession win in that game. I think Clinton would tell you their schedule's been better, um, and they've been more challenged. I've watched, we've obviously played Clinton, and then I've watched Nob Noster on film now doing some advanced scouting. Similar teams. Shoot a lot of threes, have a couple players that if, if they get loose and they get free and you give them some space, uh, can get hot from the three point line. So regardless of which team comes out of that, and I think it really is just a pick em, Mike, um, whichever team comes out of it, we'll have to guard the three point line and we'll have to take away transition because that's how both teams love, love to score the ball. And you know, what we can't do is we can't think, well, we've already beat Clinton handily, um, because that's a, a trap you can fall into. Last year, Clinton was the sixth seed. They won, they beat the three seed, then they beat the two seed, and they advanced all the way to the district title game a year ago in this, in this same class four district 13. So we're going to remind our guys of that. We're going to point that out. And, uh, whoever we draw, we can't be looking ahead. We, we've got to take care of business in that, in that semifinal game. And with this long layoff, we've got to emphasize coming out with energy and sharpness from the get go, um, whoever we see, um, next Wednesday. The, um, other semifinal, other quarterfinal rather, has Harrisonville against Pleasant Hill, and then the winner plays Barstow. Um, Harrisonville's had an interesting schedule this year. For some reason, I've spent a lot of time in the WeMo this year, uh, <laughs> playing in the Archie tournament and playing WeMo schools. But uh, uh, so, how do you see that one? And do you think we'll come out of that to see Barstow next Wednesday? Harrisonville has beaten Pleasant Hill recently in their regular season matchup. You know, those two schools are rivals; they're just right down the road from each other. I think Harrisonville, on paper, has had more success again they've beaten pleasant hill recently but it's at pleasant hill um they'll be hosting their district tournament that's a game that could go either way i think if harrisonville plays well they should probably be favored in that game 
But if, if Pleasant Hill can get some chemistry going and if they can be healthy and maybe have some continuity here down the stretch, playing on their home floor, that you know that really could go either way. And then Barstow, who I've also watched on film, Mike, whoever they draw, I think Barstow will be the athletic superior in that game. They're going to have better athletes at most positions. Barstow's deal is is they have nights where they just don't make any shots, and um, they are athletic. They do guard hard, but if 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 either Pleasant Hill or Harrisonville can hold them to one shot and done, and, and take care of the ball, and then catch Barstow on one of those poor shooting nights where they're not making perimeter shots, then then Barstow's probably beatable. I still think Barstow defends really hard. They play a tough man-to-man defense, and they've got good athletes. So even on nights when they don't shoot it well. That defense and that athleticism gives them a chance against whoever they whoever they play, and they will have played a, a tough schedule. They've played, you know, you talked about how some schools in our district mm-hmm. have played a lot of class one and two opponents. Barstow's on the flip side of that. They've played a lot of class four, five, and six opponents in the Kansas City area, so nothing's going to surprise or shock them um, next week. Well, the uh, championship game, if Nevada's fortunate enough to get there, will be on Friday. Remember, the uh, boys and girls district championship games are not on the same nights uh, now in district play, uh, They and that affects state tournament play as well, by the way. If either Nevada team or both come out of that, uh, sectionals are also not on the same night anymore, so it's it's a, a, different, a different look uh, this year for postseason play, but the, the boys championship games on Friday, and the girls is on Saturday. If the girls happen to get there, it's a 12 noon game. So uh, uh, maybe make a hotel reservation somewhere in Blue Springs or something. I don't know. And stay up there. But because uh, the boys' championships at 6 o'clock on Friday the night before. So hopefully both Nevada teams are there. Obviously, uh, the the uh, the thing that's hanging out there in the wind is this long layoff that you've got. Uh, and you have uh, by the time you play uh, next Wednesday, you'll have almost two weeks off from, from game action. So how big a concern is that? Twofold question. How big a concern is that? And number two, uh, what are you doing to at least keep your team engaged and still breaking a sweat to get ready for what will be a long layoff? No different, I guess, than Christmas break, but still, this is a more important time than the 1st of January. It is, Mike. Um, a lot of this layoff has to do with the fact that school. there are a lot of schools on that Class 3 and 4 bubble that are, aren't sure from year to year where they're going to fall, so they don't want to schedule games this last week. That leaves only class four, five, and six schools that feel good about scheduling a game. Then you you look at the fact that your class five and six schools are in conference play. They don't necessarily want to schedule a non-conference game this last week of the season when they're in the middle of finishing up COC play or whatever it may be. So you also have to remember there's only 32 schools in classes five and six as opposed to 64 or around 64 in the other classes. Right. So it 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 it, it made finding a game especially when Center and Smith-Cotton, when those games went away from our schedule for different reasons, it made finding a game this last week rough. We were actually in the process and, and think here in the next week or so we are going to have a game for this week locked in for next year so that we can avoid this. And the first part of your question, how much of a concern is it? It's not ideal, but like you said, it's a, it's actually it's it's about the same or even a little shorter break than we have over Christmas break. And there are a few other teams, and Barstow, for instance, has the same break um that we have now the the mrvc schools do not they're they're still playing but um you know it's it's not ideal but we like to take the approach with all things mike to make the best of it so we're not going to stress about this break we're going to use it as a positive so what are we doing with it basketball season's a long season it's a grind we're playing two and three games a week all through january and february shoot four games a week sometimes in january so 
we took this President's Day weekend holiday off. We opened the gym a couple times, and a lot of our varsity guys came in and played and got shots up, but no, no quote-unquote practices Friday through Monday. Yesterday we came in and, and we got back. We got a sweat going. We did a lot of running. Um, we had a lot of competition drills to really make sure we're going 100%. Today will be senior practice. I haven't seen exactly what Cade, Drew, and Sean have on the agenda. <laughs> it typically includes a slam dunk and three-point contest and things like that. On an eight-foot goal, I guess. Uh, maybe nine. But <laughs> Drew may not let him go down to eight foot. He may limit it to nine foot so that the competition doesn't get get brought up for him too much. Um, but then Thursday and Friday, we'll get after it. Friday, we'll try to simulate a live game scrimmage um, as much as possible. And then next Monday, get after it again. And then have Tuesday be a day that's just a, a straight game prep for us. So while it's not ideal, we're making the best of it. And we really think it maybe it could be a positive. We should be really, really fresh. Um, and as long as we do what we need to do in practice, uh, hopefully we'll still be sharp as well. Well, you know, you're going to a floor you're very familiar with at Pleasant Hill, uh, although half of it's new <laughs> <laughs> due to a water uh, water issue uh, that they had to repair. But uh, and the Lady Tigers are certainly well familiar with that, having to play the auxiliary gym up there. But uh, at least you'll be in familiar surroundings uh, when you head up there next week. We will, and I'll have to brush up on my ladder climbing. So <laughs> yeah. for, uh, well, the older I get, the <laughs> more entertaining it gets. Yeah, pre- and post-game, getting up into the crow's nest should be fun. But, yeah. Yeah, we've been there a lot, and uh, we're looking forward to going back, and we're excited uh, for district play next week. I look forward to it. Before we uh, close out, I certainly want to mention uh, your, of course, your JV and fresh uh, C team, or freshman team, where we're going now, um, that have finished up their seasons. There was a lot of movement between the two teams, so they had to kind of deal with different lineups and different rosters from time to time. But all in all, pretty good season for your for your younger teams. It, it was, Mike, and we did have a true freshman team this year. We started with 14 freshmen. Um, they had a lot of success early on, weren't getting challenged real hard in most games. So we moved three or four of those guys up um, to the JV and, and, and even Kellen Braden to the varsity mm-hmm. level. Um, and, and that was a great move for everybody because it, it made our JV even more competitive as we got into, in, into some, some big games for the JV. Our JV was able to win the Eldorado Springs Tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, we really saw a lot of positives from that group and uh, a, a lot of guys that look like they're going to be big contributors at the varsity level either next year or the year after that. Then our freshman group, again, they hadn't been challenged. We moved those guys up, and they still had a heck of a season. I think they only lost three games, maybe four all year. Um, and just some guys that wouldn't have gotten an opportunity otherwise, when we moved other guys up, they got to play much bigger, more prominent roles. And they proved uh, that there are several guys at that level as well that are going to be future varsity players. So one of the better freshman classes we've had in a, in a long time. And I'm, I mean, I, there's as many as seven, eight, nine guys that project as future varsity players in that group. Some as sophomores, and then and some later on as juniors and seniors. But Coach Talley and Coach Braden did a great job uh, with both of those groups. And our JV Mike, the, the fact that they were able to challenge us in practice all year long and, and give us a physical look. Uh, really made our varsity better as well. So uh, good seasons, proud of those guys, proud of those coaches, and uh, we're excited to see what the future holds for them later on down the road. Absolutely. And uh, the eighth-grade team, but who you'll see next year's uh, incoming freshmen, uh, they got to the championship game of the Big 8 Conference Tournament as a three-seed, so uh, looks like there's some good talent down there as well. Yeah, they did have a great year. Coach Wolf did a great job. Obviously, his familiarity with our mm-hmm. program is going to be a big asset as those guys come up. And even Coach Thorpe at the seventh grade level, I think they were maybe nine and four or nine and five. So our coaches are doing a great job with those younger groups, and those younger guys continue to work hard. Uh, we're just, uh, you know, it, it seems like 
forever away when those guys will be at the varsity <laughs> level. But uh, it seems like just yesterday, Caden Drew, I was watching them in the middle school as well. So, uh, yeah, the, the future's bright because of the hardworking kids that we have and the quality coaches we have as well. All right, we look forward to it. Uh, next week, postseason play, Class 4, District 13 tournament at Pleasant Hill. So we'll look forward to that a week from tonight. Again, uh, there'll be a 5.30 contest uh, against either Harrisonville or Nob Noster. We'll let you know after they play on Monday night who that semifinal opponent will be. But, uh, Sean, we got more conversations coming up. But for Tiger Talk, we're done. Thank you very much for the time. And uh, as always, and uh, always enjoy the conversations. And uh, we'll see you up there at Pleasant Hill next week. Yeah, I, I always enjoy this time every week as well, Mike. And, I say it every year, but you're the absolute best there is, and uh, you make it a, you make it enjoyable for us and for the listeners as well. So thank you very much, and uh, we'll look forward to this program next year, and uh, we'll see you at Pleasant Hill next week. Absolutely. Appreciate it, and we'll come back, and I'll tell you about our broadcast plans for next week and what's ahead for Nevada Tiger Lady Tiger Basketball one more time after this timeout on Tiger Talk. You've got to try Freddy's. Everything on the menu is cooked to order and prepared just the way you like it. Dine in or drive through and enjoy a double steak burger or a Chicago dog with their premium Wisconsin cheese curds and finish it off with one of their signature Guster Sundays. Locally owned and located at 305 South Johnson Drive, Freddy's is a proud sponsor of the Nevada R5 Booster Club. Go Tigers! It's time to ride and feel free on that ATV or UTV. Need help in choosing what's right for you? El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment is the headquarters for off-road fun. They can assist you in finding the right Arctic Cat, ATV, UTV, go-kart, or scooter, or SSR pit bikes. Plus, get your riding accessories, helmets, clothing, and more, including Fox brand. Check out their Green Mountain Grills and Country Clipper Mowers. El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, located at 3270 South Highway 32 and El Dorado Springs. Your headquarters for off-road fun. Have you always wanted dental insurance but can't receive it through your employer? Or maybe you have retired and no longer able to have company dental insurance. Well, here is some great news. Nevada Family Dentistry now carries their own membership plan. It's affordable and covers cleanings, exams, and routine x-rays, plus offers discounts on other procedures. It's easy to sign up and can provide coverage for the entire family. Come by the front desk at Nevada Family Dentistry, 402 East Walnut, or visit their website, NevadaFamilyDentistry.com, for more information. It's cold outside and it might be time to think about visiting Sutherland's home base of Nevada. With all sorts of products from power tools to remodeling items, they have everything you need to get those indoor projects done. Plus, always remember, Sutherland's home base is the right place to find what you need no matter what the temperature. Great products, great people, low prices. Sutherland's home base, 2101 East Austin, Nevada. Well, that'll do it for Tiger Talk tonight here on KNDM and KNML. It also does it for Tiger Talk for this uh, sports season at Nevada High School. Of course, we do not do a spring season Tiger Talk program, so that'll be it for the Nevada Tiger Talk programs until we come back and get things ready for the fall sports season. Of course, more specifically with Nevada Tiger football coach Wes Beecher. That'll have that first program the Wednesday prior to the season opener in late August. But uh, for tonight, again, my thanks to Nevada Tiger head coach Sean Gray as well as Lady Tiger head basketball coach Blake Howard and wrestling coaches Forrest Drury and Jared Alexander. Appreciate their time in the program during the winter sports season and appreciate you joining us as well. We look forward to coming back your way again in late August for our next edition of Tiger Talk. Don't forget, though, we've got basketball coverage coming your way for Nevada next week at the Class 4 District 13 tournaments, both of them being played at Pleasant Hill. 
Tomato Tigers will be first. They're the number one seed in that district, and they'll be playing again on Wednesday, March 1st at 5.30 in the semifinals. After a first round bye, they'll play the winner of next Monday's game between four-seeded Dob Noster and number five Clinton. That game on Wednesday, March the 1st, will be at 5.30, so that means our pregame coverage will begin at 5.10, and uh, we'll have that next Wednesday. Uh, that broadcast will be on 99.9 FM, as well as AM 1240 KNEM, AM audio stream at KNEM, KNMO.com, as well as NevadaMoTV at NevadaMoTV.com. Do remember, once we get to district play, video coverage becomes pay-per-view, as mandated by the Missouri State High School Activities Association. So uh, do keep that in mind. Once we know which team Nevada will be playing, whether it's Knob Noster or Clinton, we'll have that available for purchase beginning uh, probably next Tuesday, February the 28th, and then leading up to that broadcast on the 1st, beginning at about 5.10 before the 5.30 tip-off. Nevada Lady Tigers will be getting their first action in in the district tournament next week, again in Pleasant Hill, on Thursday, March 2nd. Again, as a number one seed, they get a first-round bye, so they'll be playing the winner of next Tuesday's game between four-seeded Harrisonville and number five, Kansas City Center. That game on next Thursday, March the 2nd, also gets underway at 5.30, so again, pregame coverage will begin at 5.10. That'll be on both KODM and KNMO-FM, along with the audio streams and on TV.com as well, again, with the pay-per-view for the video stream. So that's what's coming up, and then uh, after that, we'll just uh, let you know what happens as we make our way through district play, and hopefully beyond district play, into the Class 4 state tournaments. Again, my thanks to you for joining us all season long for our Nevada Tiger Talk program. Thanks to all the coaches back in the fall and the winter sports seasons. We do appreciate it very much. And of course, this spring, we'll have some Nevada Tiger baseball coverage coming up for you. I believe our first broadcast will be on March 27th, and we'll be telling you more about that as that time approaches. That'll do it for tonight. That'll do it for this season. I appreciate you joining us. I'm Mike Harbett. Thanks for joining us for the Nevada Tiger Talk program on KNDM KNMO. Good night, everybody. You've been listening to Tiger Talk on Double K Country. Tiger Talk is brought to you each week by Compass Health Network, El Dorado Cycle and Outdoor Equipment, Emory's Truck Stop, First National Bank, Max Motors, Sutherland's Home Base, Smith Insurance, 54 Feed and Seed, Buzz's Barbecue, Ferry Funeral Home, Freddy's Frozen Custard and Steak Burgers, Nevada Chiropractic Clinic, R&R Equipment, Nevada Family Dentistry, the Plumbing Shop, and Briggs Auto. Join us Wednesday nights at 6.05 for Tiger Talk on your source for sports in southwest Missouri and southeast Kansas, AM 1240 KNEM and 97.5 FM KNMO in Nevada, Double K Country.